The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii, Apostolic Faith Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour a blessing. Good morning and praise the Lord, everyone. I'm here, Pastor Billy Han, Jr. Thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade telecast, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV, channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC, channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBTV, channel 8, and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, channel 28 in Eureka, from 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, channel 11 in Monterey, from 6 to 7 a.m. on Charter Cable Channel 1519 in Los Angeles, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KQTA-TV, channel 15.3, and Comcast channel 238 in San Francisco, Oakland, and San Jose, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, Channel 9 in El Central California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO, Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 6 to 7 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church, located at 1043 Middle Street, is the headquarters of the gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world with the sign of the roof of the temple, Jesus Coming Soon. A landmark in Kali for 99 years and our prayer talk, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Labam on August the 4th, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hahn Sr. in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is, those of you in the hospitals and convalescent and homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. At this time, I would like to invite all of you in our viewing audience to celebrate with us the 79th anniversary of our Molokai Branch Church, located at 345 Alamalama Avenue in Kanakakai, Molokai. 
hosted by Pastor Reginald V. Kastner Sr. and his loving helpmeet, Mrs. Jesse Ann Kastneris. Services will begin properly at 10 a.m. Come and enjoy sweet fellowship with one another and feast upon the pure of God. Bring preachers to fullness. And now let's begin the music portion of our program. As you read the Word of God daily, it becomes our shield and our buckler, our teacher and instructor, words that heals and words that comfort. It gives guidance and inspiration, strength and courage. As we pray the prayer found in Matthew 6, 9, it encompasses all that we as children of the Lord should do to continue our daily walk with Jesus. Our church choir under the direction of Emilia Hahn will perform for you a moving and stirring song entitled, The Lord's Prayer. Please join in singing as the words appear on your screen.
We often wonder if God would ever forgive a sinner like me. How can he when he knows all the things I have done in my life? If I ask for forgiveness, can I know that Jesus will be with me? Of course, he will. In a quiet area with the privacy of your own thoughts, call out for him, and he will hear your humble cry. Under my direction, our church band will play for you this solemn and comforting song entitled, Pass Me Not.
our solace this morning, Emilia Han will offer praise and thanksgiving to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for the things he has done, is doing, and will continue to do in her life. In this thought-provoking song entitled, When You Pray,
forth a closing number, our church choir will once again sing this strong and robust song entitled, Victory Ahead. That's right, viewers. Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega, the soon-coming bridegroom, the author and finisher of our faith. It's through the blood of Jesus that you'll see your victory ahead. As a special selection, we are blessed to have a flute ensemble from our church band combine their God-given talents in this earnest and moving song entitled, Our Prayer.
The true born-again believer knows the mighty power of the precious blood of Jesus. When in sorrow, call upon Jesus' blood for comfort. When anger or hatred threatens to take over your spirit, Jesus' blood will flow over you and cleanse your soul. Call upon the blood of Jesus when fear and danger draws near to you or your loved ones and watch the power of Jesus chase the danger away. Listen to our vocal group known as the Daughters of Judah as they sing the precious song entitled, Only by the Blood. Today, as we celebrate the 79th anniversary of a Molokai Branch Church, I would like to dedicate today's number to a, the memory of a faithful and loving sister in Christ, the late Ruby Lo of Oholehua Molokai. I pray the Lord bless her faithfulness and all her good works, and that one day we will meet again with our Heavenly Father in the sweet by and by.
Praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and I would like to repeat our television time, station, and locations in the continental United States for our viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KXD-TV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8 and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV channel 28 in Eureka. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on Charter Cable channel 1519 in Los Angeles from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KQTA-TV channel 15.3 and Comcast channel 238 in San Francisco, Oakland, and San Jose. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY channel 9 in Central California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 6 to 7 a.m. on Time Warner Cable 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning the schedule of gospel services here in our home state, Hawaii, Services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. At our Kamiki Branch Church located at 1361 Palolo Avenue, gospel services are held every Wednesday evenings only at 7 p.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches as services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castanero Sr. in Kanakakai, Molokai, by Pastor Walter I. Tinloi in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K. Waiasano Sr. in Koloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Espera in Balogo, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vespria Espera in President Rojas, Cotobato, Mindanao, Philippines. At our Maui Branch Church in Lahaina, Maui, services are held every second Sunday of the month. You are welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now I'd like to return our program back to Head Pastor Billy Hahn, Jr., who will bring forth his spirit-directed and spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Melvin. Indeed, TV viewers, it is very important to keep in touch with the Lord as much as possible. In spite of the fact that many of us love the Lord and pursue righteousness, we still fall short of the glory of God. I hope and pray that you're joining us each Sunday in our weekly Kingdom of God Crusade telecast is a means which helps to strengthen your files with God or creates within you the desire to make yourself right with Him. Perhaps one day soon, you'll become an instrument of the Lord and testify of His goodness and mercy to others. And now do join me in the reading of God's Word. And today's sermon, Be an Overcomer. We are living in an exciting time. 
the curtains are ready to rise. Thus, God has positioned the nations and the world for the last act. The Lord is winding up the final events prior to the coming of the Lord. Jesus Christ in power and in glory. As I begin my message, let me emphasize one point. I do not attempt nor intend to reveal the exact day the Lord Jesus returns. I know not the hour, nor the day or year he comes. No one in this world knows that day or hour. We read Matthew 24, 36. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. God wants everyone to be thoroughly aware of the time in which they live. Today, the world is heading for catastrophe. We read of world conditions in 2 Timothy 3, 1 to 5. This know also that in the last days perilous time shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth-breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. From such turn away. The letter from Paul to Timothy with his indisputable detailed description of the conditions of society toward the close of this 20th century, bears a stamp of divine revelation from God. The accuracy of these prophecies should be a challenge to the first church founded on the day of Pentecost. Time has already elapsed. There is no time left. In spite of the terrible conditions of the world, revivals and the power of the Holy Spirit working through the lives of true born-again Christians, keep the world from becoming any more despicable. God has promised a mighty Holy Ghost revival will occur all over the face of the earth, and it is taking place right now in our country and abroad. However, the people of God must humble themselves, as you read in 2 Chronicles 7, 14. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. Four virtues are mentioned here as being necessary for the Lord's blessing and for the mighty Holy Ghost revival to begin among His people. Humility, prayer, devotion, and repentance. According to Israel's history and Judah, God did bless the people when they sought Him and turned from their wicked ways. But whenever they became so involved in sin and idolatry, God sent judgment rather than blessing. Therefore, the revival must begin in us before others can be revived. Where does the church stand today? When we read the messages to the seven churches in Asia, we come to understand that the messages were not directed only at them, but they are timely even for us today in terms of prophetic significance. We can read the message to Laodicea, the period at the very end of the church age, as we read in Revelation 3, 14 to 19. And as to the angel of the church of Laodiceans, write, these things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest I am rich and increased with goods, and have need of nothing. And knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I counsel thee to buy of me gold, dry it in the fire that thou mayest be rich and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed 
and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. And anoint thine eyes with eyes solved, that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. This message is for the church. Whenever it dwells more upon the word of God, man, than upon the word of God. The city of Laodicea was noted for its warm springs, which were pleasant for bathing, but sickening to drink. And it's the lightning of the church just before her Lord's return, in which some members were warmly devoted, some utterly cold, with most being a mixture of lukewarmness. A thermal state most disgusting to the Lord. The language conveyed strong warning against complacency. There is only one way by which a person can become accepted into the body of Christ, and that is by the experience of the new birth. Did you know there are many who are inquiring about the new birth? Many come during the night to seek spiritual blessings and witness the wonderful works of God during our divine healing services. They see devils cast out at the mere mention of the name. Jesus, asthmatics have been healed, lumps in the breast have been disappeared, and hosts of other wonderful working miracles have occurred, while the Africans have been prayed upon after being anointed with oil. Many, after seeing the wonderful works of the Lord, marvel at the power of God and acknowledge that Jesus is the healer and the mighty physician who has never lost a case. And truly, God was manifesting the flesh in the very person of Jesus Christ. After seeing these miracles, many who only came for healing realized that they had to be born again, repent of their sins, and take on His name in water baptism. In the Apostolic Faith Church, we give them some very explicit instructions. Regarding the new birth, listen to John 3, 5. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. To be born of water is to be baptized in water by the immersion in the name of Jesus Christ, according to Acts 2.38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. To be born of the Spirit is to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, speaking in an unknown tongue, the only sign according to the Bible which confirms one has been filled with the Holy Ghost. Outside the name of Jesus, none can be saved. Acts 4.12 states, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. What is a new birth? It is reality and yet a mastery which cannot be explained. Read in John 3.8, The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh, and whether it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. The wind is a reality no man can explain. Only a fool would say, I don't believe in the wind because I have never seen it. But I can understand it, for I see the limbs of a mango tree move in the wind and watch it tear a house into splinters. Thus, can one deny the reality of the wind? Similarly, the Holy Spirit cannot be seen. He cannot be explained, but see his mighty power make the heart pure, the liar honest, the drunkard sober the drug addict cured, the rebellious prey, and then try to deny the reality of him. Today we find many churches diluting the word of God to their demise so that they become obscure and their positions neither hot or cold. Just imagine, the Lord left heaven's glory to take the form of his servant in order to give us eternal life. And how unfortunate that church should come to where its earthly positions are considered its wealth. How awful it is for the church to be wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. 
after offering cures for these maladies, Jesus in his message to the church brings the matter back to the believer. Let us read Revelation 3, 20, 22. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and has sat down with my father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Yes, viewers, the Lord is standing and knocking upon the doors of your hearts. He is still gracious to all people, no matter what their creed, color, or nationality. When we speak of being an overcomer, we are indicating the process of facing temptation without succumbing. Let us read Hebrews 4, 15 to 16. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. The Lord Jesus could not sin, but he was tempted or tested in diverse ways, such as through loneliness and by being misunderstood, by having no place to lay his head. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Who tells us the answer lies in overcoming is the same one who have overcome and taken the victory. Seeing that he was tempted in all ways possible, it behooves us to pay attention to Jesus' temptation. As we read in Matthew 4, 1 through 4, then was Jesus led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward in hunger. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Observe that it was the devil, Satan, who tempted him, and the temptation lasted 40 days. Satan had no doubt as to who the Lord was. When Satan said, If thou be the Son of God, he used the word if in place of since, for Satan's whole purpose in tempting the Lord Jesus was to entice him to act independently of the Father in heaven. The temptation of our Lord was real. It was addressed in every instance by quotations in the Old Testament. That is the word of God. Solicitation to do evil is not of God, as you find in James 1, 13 to 14. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. God sends tests and trials only to make us better. Our own selfish desires are the sources of evil who are drawn away by them. The cause of sin lies within ourselves. We read the 15 and 16 verses. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Thus we find that spiritual death means spiritual, means separation from God. Our Lord's temptation was to turn stones into bread in order to satisfy his hunger. Having just completed a period of fasting and prayer, naturally he became hungry, but he overcame the temptation to use his rightful power to perform wonder-working miracles for his satisfaction. Temptation was with or of the devil is an ongoing process, as we read in 1 Peter 5, 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. 
And as a roaring lion, Satan is persistent at enticing us to misuse that which we have in Christ Jesus, whether it be the power of the Holy Spirit, gifts, or our liberty. Listen to 1 Corinthians 8, 9. But take heed lest by any means this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. Possessing power and endowments from God, we are faced with profound responsibilities and must overcome temptation. If we hope to sit with Christ upon his throne, the second temptation Satan initiated was that the Lord cast himself down from the pinnacle of the temple. Let us read Matthew 4, 6-7, and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Jesus did not and does not need to prove that he is truly the Son of God. He was the Almighty God Himself. Listen to 1 Timothy 3.16. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preaching to the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. Another fundamental sphere of temptation is to doubt or to question the fact we are really the children of God through the birth, new birth. The children of Israel could not enter into the promised land because of unbelief and doubt, as you read in Hebrews 3, 18 to 19, and to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them they believed not. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. However, we find there still remain a rest to the people of God, as we read in Hebrews 4, 10. For he that is entered into his rest, he also had ceased from his own works, as God did from his. Therefore, to succumb to temptation and fall into the state of unbelief and doubt would rob us of our strength and spiritual vitality. For it is this blessed assurance in Jesus that creates within us the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, peace, joy, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance, which characterizes Christian living. Let us read 1 Corinthians 10, 12 to 13. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he stand to take heed, lest he fall. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that he may be able to bear it. God allows temptation and gives strength that he may be able to bear it. Therefore, no Christian need ever be defeated. Now let's take the case of Joseph, who was tested to the very limit. He found favor with his master's wife in Egypt and thus was made overseer of the house. However, one day his master's wife laid eyes on him and she said, lie down with me. Reading Genesis 39, 8-9, but he refused and said unto his master's wife, behold, my master wotted not what is with me in the house and he hath committed all that he hath to my hand. There is none greater in this house than I. Neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Here we find that God made a way of escape for Joseph, who served firm and overcame his adulterous affair. Later, we find that the master's wife accused Joseph of lying with her. The evidence was circumstantial, and he was put in prison for standing for truth and righteousness. The question is, can we say no when we are tempted by a beautiful woman just as Joseph was? Now let's take another illustration. Moses could have had anything he wanted. After all, he was the son of Pharaoh's daughter. But what happened? 
Why? He overcame all temptation, as you read in Hebrews 11, 25, 26, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had the respect unto the recompense of the reward. And what was the consequence when Moses upheld truth and righteousness? He experienced the same reproach that Jesus bore, hatred, persecution, and rejection. Moses realized that the pleasures of this world were the pleasures of sin. We are told to love not the world, nor the things that are in the world. In 1 John 2.16 tells us, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. In other words, it is advisable to put Jesus first in our lives and not to give first place in our affections and interests to anything belonging to the world system that we can see, nor to the worldly pleasures and habits of this age, which do not glorify God. Jesus tells us in Matthew 5, 48, Be therefore perfect, even as your Father, which is in heaven, is perfect. Obviously, as long as we retain our own natures while on this earth and not yet boring in heaven, we are not perfect as God. He is the only perfect one who is in this. But we can be fully developed insofar as progress is concerned while on the way to heaven and Jesus' presence. The one hope for this lost and dying world and its state of degradation is to meet Jesus and accept Him as Savior, Master, and Lord. And the only way the people are going to know Him is through an introduction by someone who already knows Him through the power of the Holy Ghost. Now a witness is the person who has observed something happen and therefore can say truly that it did happen. Listen to Acts 1.8, But he shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and he shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and in Samaria unto the uttermost part of the earth. At the time of his ascension, Jesus spoke to his disciples, as we read in Luke 24.49, And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. And the promise of the Father is the promise of the Holy Spirit, as was manifested on the day of Pentecost, when the 120 spoke in tongues, as you read in Acts 2.4. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Please note, it was the Spirit that gave utterance, not man. And finally, Satan's offer the kingdoms of the world. Jesus would not consider such an offer. As you read in Matthew 4, 8-10, Again, the devil taken him up into an exceeding high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them and said unto him, All these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then said Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan. For it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou serve. Satan's one objective in the threefold temptation was to induce Christ to act in self-will, independent of his Father. The first two temptations were a challenge to Christ from the God of this world to prove himself indeed the Son of God. The third was the offer the Prince of this world to divest himself or that which rightfully belonged to Christ as the Son of Man, the Son of David, on the occasion that he accepted the scepter of Satan's worldly principles. Christ defeated Satan by a means open to his humblest of followers, simply the intelligent use of the Word of God. In his second temptation, Satan also used scripture, but a promise available only to the one in the path of obedience. The scene placed the emphasis upon the vital importance of rightly dividing the word of truth. If you'd like to know more about God's word, the church, and review these telecast presentations in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of his hands. To end another glorious hour of the kingdom of God, Crusade Telecast, 
is our church band playing the anthem entitled Hide You in the Blood. The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.